comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Prayer is a platform for help. Somebody say, prayer is a platform for help. Yeah, there are many things we receive on the altar of prayer. Among many things, we receive help. And I know that in this fast, help has come to you. Amen. You see, there are many ways that God hears our prayers. Sometimes he gives us certain things we ask. Other times he gives us grace to go to a certain phase of our lives. Praise the Lord. There are seasons in your life where you don't need anything. You are emotionally down. You are weighed down. You are discouraged. You don't know what to do. In times like that, God gives you grace to go through that phase of your life. Praise the Lord. So at every time in prayer, there is something that is released. That's why the Bible says pray without season. Because every season is a season of prayer. Are you here with me? Okay, let me take you through something briefly. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Did you see that? Okay, now look at verse 2. So he said to them, when you pray, say. Somebody say, when you pray. Say, Jesus is an incredible man when it comes to prayer. When you read the book of John chapter 11, verse 41 to 42, he said, they took away the stone and he said, Father, I thank you for you always hear me. But because of these ones, he always hear me. Every time he cried, he was heard. Every time. There was no point. Jesus was no man to pray without answer. He had resource. So the disciples deserve to have resource like him. They went to him and said, teach us to pray. We know that you are here all the time. <laughs> teach us. We want to have resource like that. Teach us to pray. Then Jesus said, the first thing you must know when you pray is that prayer has to do with saying something. Turn to your neighbor and say, saying something. Amen. Not thinking something. There are people, when they get food and they're about to eat, you have said nothing. You have said nothing. You have said nothing. <laughs> Jesus said, when you pray, what? Say something. Say. There is something you must say. You can't pray say, I'm praying in my head. I'm praying in my head. For who to hear? <laughs> Jesus said, when you pray, say something. When you are praying, you are not meditating. 
you are speaking to God. Am I communicating here? There are certain religious things we have imbibed. We have to let them go if you are going to get results in prayer. Say something. That's why we give you prayer expectation. Because if you can't think about something, you can't say anything. And by the time you write something down, you have thought about something. So you can say it. Am I communicating here? Say something. Tons cry, I best say be There are people, if you say you are not speaking in tongues, they should pray in understanding. It will be wildfire here. Praise the Lord. Say something. When you pray, you must say something. You can pray quietly, but you can't pray without words. I'm teaching on learning prayer at the feet of Jesus. Somebody say learning prayer. Learning prayer. At the feet of Jesus. Yeah, there are many places we can go to learn prayer. But the number one person who is a master at the crafts, who mastered the craft of prayer or the act of prayer is Christ. So if we are going to be effective at prayer, we need to learn it first hand from him. And he says, when you are going to pray, say something. When you pray, say, our father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Learning prayer at the feet of Jesus. The focus is to draw lessons. There are many times Jesus prayed and we are going to be walking you through a number of such times and we will distill out key things that distinguish the prayer of Jesus that made him effective at prayer. What made Jesus so effective in prayer? How did he pray? What did he pray about? How did he pray? When did he pray? Did Jesus pray at convenient times? Jesus prayed at strange times. All of those things are things we can learn. Praise the Lord. Jesus was a very busy person. Very, very busy person. When you read the book of Mark, you see his schedule. So, because he was very busy, he made sure that he spent night praying, he spent dawn praying. Then, in between, he was going about his business. So all of us who are busy and because of our busy schedule, we feel that we don't have time to pray. We can learn from Jesus. We can all pray. He says, when you pray, say something. Somebody say, when you pray, say something. When you come into prayer, say something. Prayer is a time to speak to God. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. Can you call somebody on phone and you are quiet unless you are a criminal? You call and you are waiting for the person to talk. In fact, it's bad telephone manners to call and not talk. Or to call and be talking on the background. The person has picked the phone and somebody is talking at the background. You are not ready. I will cut the phone immediately. Bad telephone manners. When you call, the first thing you do is to introduce yourself. Hello, I am so so and so. The person may not have your number. Some people, when you call and you don't identify, they don't get to know you, they get angry. They get angry. How come you don't know me? <laughs> Some people are wild. Oh. You have called, I picked the phone. If I don't know, you can introduce yourself. Am I communicating here? Don't waste your credit to fight unnecessary battles. As if you got it for free. Are you here with me? But say something. Tell your neighbors and say something. So call and he must hear you. But how did Jesus pray? How did Jesus pray? 
The first thing we see in this text is that Jesus prayed to the Father. Jesus prayed to God as his Father. Somebody say, Jesus prayed to God as his Father. Say, Jesus prayed to God as his Father. Now, you will see that in the epistles, one of the things actually that gives us strength and upper hand over Satan as New Testament Christians is who we are in Christ. Somebody say, who we are in Christ. Say, who we are in Christ. Yeah, who we are in Christ influences our standing before Satan or influences Satan standing before us. Who you are in Christ. Before you tell him, keep quiet. Before you say anything to Satan, first of all, you must know who you are. Somebody say who you are. Yeah, because if you don't know who you are and you try to shout at Satan, he will deal with you. I'm sure you are thinking about the sons of Sceva. They didn't know. <laughs> the Bible said the demon pounds on them and beat them until they were naked. Because they didn't know. They had no relationship. They say, we command you in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preached. He said, ah, this guy, he doesn't know the man. In fact, he should have just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. But when they said, whom Paul preached, they said, ah, I've caught them. They don't know him. They don't know him. Your standing in the spirit is as strong when you are standing in Christ. Somebody say, my standing in the spirit is strong when I'm standing in Christ. Outside Christ, you don't have a place. You have a place before God in Christ. You have a place in dealing with Satan in Christ. The Bible says, little children, you are of God and you have overcome the world. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So first of all, you need to know who you are. Somebody say who you are. And one of the revelations that Jesus came to give us is the revelation that God is our father. Somebody say God is our father. Jesus came to show us that God is our father by practically relating to God as father. If you read the book of John, John is about father-son relationship. That book you see a lot. Jesus referred to the father several times in the book of John. God as his father. Let me show you something before I even get into showing you a few references. Satan was mad. The Jews were very mad every time Jesus talked about God as his father. Look at John chapter 10, verse 31 to 39. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those good works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you, being a man, make yourself God. How was he making himself God? When you say God is your father, it means you are God. So they had a problem with that. How can you say God is your father? Because they were raised up to fear and revere Elohim. You, you don't call him Abba. They feared God. You remember when Moses came and God wanted to have a covenant with them. When he appeared small, they say, if this is how it is, Moses, from today, you go meet him. Whatever he wants to tell us, he should tell you. Come and tell us. We don't want to deal with him. Praise the Lord. But by the time Jesus came and introduced him as father, the relationship had changed. Look at verse 34. Jesus said, it is written in your law, I said, you are God's. 
And if you call them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blaspheming. Because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe me the works. Believe the works. That you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. Every time Jesus brought the matter of Father, and listen, let me tell you, if there is one thing Satan will constantly fight you over, is the fact that God is your Father. Praise the Lord. One of the greatest efforts Satan would always make is to discredit God to you. That is one of the things. He, he makes you see him in a very bad light. And the moment you see him in a bad light, you can receive from him. The Bible says, if you been evil, know how to receive good gifts. How much your heavenly father gives precious things. So your revelation and what you think about God will influence to a large extent what you can receive from him. There are people who are disillusioned in prayer. They say, no, prayer doesn't work. They feel that God has disappointed them. You see, it's because you don't understand father-son relationship. When you get to understand it, you will appreciate. Jesus went to his father three times. The father said nothing. He said, not my way, not my way. The father said nothing. Angels came and they assisted him and he carried on and went. When he hung on the cross, he said, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? There was no place. And then later on, he wasn't saying, why are thou forsaking me? I'm coming out of the cross. I will not do it again. No. Jesus said, into thy hands I commit my spirit. That's trust. He had met him in Gethsemane. What he wanted didn't come through. <laughs> the decision had been concluded. He hanged on the cross. At least, hanging on the cross, be with me. Let's all be here together. After all, you sent me. He didn't feel him there. But he still committed himself. That is trusting God. I'm not complicating here. You see, you have to understand that God always knows the best for you. And he doesn't have to explain himself. A good father doesn't have to explain himself. You have to trust your father that he has your best interest at heart. Somebody say, my best interest. My best interest. You see, you, when we get to heaven and God should bring you the record of things you ask, and tell you why you, he didn't give them to you, you will thank him forever. Even on this earth, there are some of you who have asked for things you didn't receive, and now you are thanking God that you didn't receive what you sought for. Am I complicating here? And the more you grow, the more you see more of such things. Praise the Lord. There is a, a timing in the equation of prayer that sometimes we don't factor in. Where you meet any good father, who can give you everything or anything you ask. He's also minded by what the thing can do for you or against you. Am I communicating here? Yeah. If I give you a vehicle now and the vehicle will destroy you, what is the use for me to give it to you? Do I need you alive or I want you dead? And the fact that you don't know that when I give you the vehicle, you are going to crash, does not mean that I should give it to you anyway. I know it, and I want the best for you, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not complicating here. You see, let's understand God as our Father. There's nothing like answered prayer when you get to understand that God is your Father. The Bible said, the Lord God is a son and he's a shade. He'll give grace, he'll give glory. And no good thing would he withhold from them that walk upright. Paul prayed, take it away, take it away, take it away. 
He said, what you need is my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'm not going to take it away. But by the time I'm through with you, you will come to appreciate what it is called grace. And when people see you and ask you how you became who you have become, you will say, I am what I am by the grace of God. And the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. I labored, yet not I, by the grace of God. I'm not communicating here. Praise the Lord. God is not a Father Christmas or ATM machine dropping and then without any consideration it just releases. No. You see, there are things, even if God gives you now, you will not grow. You will not grow. There are things you are praying for. They are not prayer point. They are growth point. If you grow, they will naturally come to you. Am I communicating here? They will come to you. They will come to you. If you grow, they will come to you. If you grow, they will come to you. For instance, you are praying that God should let you drive. Now you are 14. You want to drive. Grow to 18. Now, the laws of Ghana doesn't even permit you to drive. But the moment you hit 18, if your father has a car and he will not let you learn how to drive, that time you will know that this man is a wicked man. Because you are of age. Am I complicating it? of age. This revelation helped Jesus. He always related to God. And you check the prayers of Jesus. Almost at every point, there's a mention of Father, 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 Father. Let's read a few of them. Look at this. Matthew 26, verse 39. He said, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. Verse 42, he went a second time and said, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this car pass over me. And then he, verse 44, he left and went again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. That means he repeated the same things. Now, come to 36, verse 52. Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Look at verse 53 quickly. He says, do you think that I cannot now pray to where? My father. Pray to my father. And he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels. Look at 23. Look 23, 34. He said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. <laughs> One pastor interpreted the scripture and said that <laughs> when Jesus knew that forgiveness was very, very tough. <laughs> he said, Father, as for me, what they have done to me, I cannot forgive them. But you, forgive them. <laughs> Father, forgive them. As for me, <laughs> but Father, forgive them. Praise the Lord. He said they do not know what they are doing. Father, look at 46, 23, 46. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Did you see that? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. John chapter 11 verse 41. They took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. I thank you. Father. John 14, 16. Please follow this. I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. That is how Jesus. So, 
when later on he was teaching his disciples and he said, when you pray, say, Father. That is how he had been praying all along. He had been praying like that all along. Consistently. John 17. Jesus spoke these words. Lift up your eyes and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify. Verse 11. Now, I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are one. 24, verse 25. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. O righteous Father, 25. Did you see that? Consistently. When he came and he was teaching his disciples the same thing. He says, when you pray, say, our Father. Now, listen. At this time, when Jesus was telling them to pray our Father, they didn't qualify to call God their Father. They didn't have that qualification. They couldn't call God. You know, he said, in that day, you ask me nothing. But in that day, whatever you ask the Father in my name. At this time, they were not children of God. The disciples didn't become children of God until Jesus went to the cross and came out. He called them servants. He called them friends. But he couldn't call them children of God. Not until Jesus went to the cross, died, and resurrected. That these guys became children of God. You have to understand that Jesus ministered under the law. And under the law, they didn't have a relationship with God as a father. So he taught them that when the time comes and you are praying, that's how you ought to do it. He had done it practically, and he also taught them to do the same. Now listen, hear me hear me well. All the ingredient that makes effective prayer or that will position you to receive answers in prayer, they are all embodied in the relationship, the understanding of fatherhood. Trust. When you have a good father, you trust him. Am I communicating it? When you have a loving father, you come to him boldly. You come to him boldly. There is no way you can be intimidated by your father. Except your father is a lion. For he's a law. But if you have a loving father coming to him, you come. You come open. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. When you come to your father and you are hungry, you tell him you are hungry. When you are angry, you also tell him. Am I communicating here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You can tell your father. I'm not happy with this situation. Oh. Now, when Jesus went to the father and said, if it is your will, what was he saying? This thing that I'm going to do, I really don't like to do it. Tell me. Let me know your mind about it. You see, you see, religion, that's your problem. Religion has made you listen. Religion. You can come to God, Father, I need to pray, but I don't feel like praying. That is daddy talk. That is daddy talk. <laughs> Our problem is religion. If you come to the epistles, Paul followed the same pattern. The same pattern. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. He said, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love to the saints, I do not cease to thank God for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the same thing. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 15. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Above my needs. Above my needs. Now, that communicates humility and dependence in prayer. You know, a typical Jew will not pray bowing. A typical Jew will pray standing. 
When you go to Israel, the wailing wall, they stand there and pray. They don't need there to pray. Praise the Lord. He said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, verse 3 and 4. I thank my God upon every remembrance of thee. Colossians 1, verse 3 to 4. He said, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 12. I give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints. Again, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. Therefore, we pray always for that our God will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all our expectations. That understanding is very, very important. Who is God to me in prayer? He's my father. Yeah, he's my father. You can come to God with a slave mentality. That is what the gentleman who was with his father said. He said, I've been serving you all these years. You are giving me nothing. There was no father-son relationship. He was slaving himself away. And he said, listen, son. You see, he said, I've been serving you all these years. And the father said, son, all that I have is yours. When you are a son, you are joint heir with him. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's what happens. So, in the book of Galatians, look at this. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. Galatians chapter 4. He said, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent for the son, born of a woman. Look at this. Jesus was born. This is what I was talking about. Take back, please. He said, when the fullness of time was come, God sent for the son, born of a woman, born under where? He was born under the law. He was raised under the law. That's why when Jesus was born, all the things he needed to do to fulfill, he did it. Born under the law, raised under the law. Now look at verse 5. He said, but he came to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. So until the, the redemptive price was paid, nobody could become a son. All of us, nobody could become a son. He said, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Sons. Go to verse 6. Because we are sons, God has sent for, oh, I like that. God has sent for what? His spirit, his son, into our heart, crying, Abba, Father. You and I can call God Father because the spirit of God lives in us. Until Jesus died and went to the cross and was buried and resurrected, the spirit of God could not live in anybody. And it's the spirit of God in us that can help us say, call God our Father. Bible said we have not received the spirit bondage again to fear. That is Romans chapter 8 verse 15 to 17. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Can you see that? But we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry Abba Father. That is a relationship we have with God. Praise the Lord. Now this relationship is so, 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 so important. So, 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 so important. It is important because Satan usually takes advantage of little lapses that sometimes come between us to block our access to God in prayer. Praise the Lord. God is your father. Satan can't stop that. Sin can't stop that. Did you hear what I said? I said God is your father. Satan can't stop it. Sin can't stop it. Yeah. Sin can't stop that. Satan can't stop that. We have access in the book of Ephesians 2 verse 18. He said, through whom we have access by one spirit to the Father. Somebody said, I have unhindered access. I have unfettered access. 
to the Father. Yeah. You have that access. You have constantly you have that access. Constantly. The fact that you have sinned does not mean that God will not hear you. In fact, because he doesn't want the relationship with you to be affected by anything, he actually gave you an advocate in his son. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so, 1 John 2, 1, he says, 1 John, he said, my little children, these things are right unto you so that you sin not. Did you see that? Don't sin. Don't sin. Because when you hear something like this, you quickly want to go and do something. Don't sin. He said, I write these things to you so that you don't sin. But just in case you sin, understand there's an advocate. So that Satan will come in. I remember one day I was driving going somewhere and somebody crossed me that bad. Crossed me. Crossed me. That person crossed me. <laughs> and I insulted him in my head. No, no, I didn't. Me, I've told you, I will not roll my descent down to this. But I insulted him. I just said it in my head. Yeah, I know you have never seen like that before. <laughs> you see? <laughs> so, and see, after, I just have some few minutes to come and then somebody called me. A person called me. And said they are having some challenge. They need prayer. <laughs> they need, as soon as listen, said they need prayer. <laughs> Satan wanted to talk to me. Then I said, I'm the righteousness of Christ. Let's pray. We prayed. And I think just by the time I got home, which was I think about two hours later, they called me to tell me that. What they, we prayed about does come through. It has come to pass. From that, I knew that even if I opened my mouth and I had insulted him physically, nothing would have changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. It's not. See, at that moment, Satan will knock condemnation on your mind. If you allow him to succeed with that, that's when he breaks you. The Bible says, if our heart condemns us not, we have confidence with God. How will your heart not condemn you? Your heart will not condemn you as long as you are rooted in the consciousness that you are righteous. You are, in, you are in the righteousness of God. You are not righteous because you have done right. You are righteous because you have been made right. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have been made what? Righteous. You have been made. It is now your nature. It's not something you do. That's who you are. You are a righteous person. When you saw somebody and say your head is big, you are a righteous person. You say nothing. You say nice thing to your righteous person. That's who you are. You don't cease to be a dog because you have eaten what dogs don't eat. Understand that God is your father. Somebody say God is your father. Is your father. Uh-huh. So Satan should not raise any blockade between you and your father. If he comes up, tell him, Satan, listen, this is father-son business. You don't have a place in it. If any man sin, he says, we have advocate with the father. Somebody say, I have advocate. You know who an advocate is? He's your lawyer. He's your lawyer and he's a sharp one. He's never been defeated. He defeated Satan badly. The Bible said, having small principalities and powers, he made an open show of them. So the moment he brings any element of accusation, you point, 
That's my advocate. You don't have to justify yourself. And I wasn't feeling too good. That's why I did it. That's my advocate. Advocate, take over. Advocate, take over. Advocate, take over. Advocate, take over. So that at no point can your relationship with God be affected. Praise the Lord. And the advocate is ever present. The Bible said he ever lived to make intercession. Always present. Stand on your feet and thank God for your advocate. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.